Today the world trembles. Twenty-eight. Today the world trembles. Today, all creatures of all the worlds stand in judgment. Rosh Hashanah is called the day, or today, for several reasons. One reason is, halachically, the two days of Rosh Hashanah are called one long day. It's not only that the two days of Rosh Hashanah are considered like one day, not only they're considered like one long 24-hour period, they're considered like one long daytime. Luckily, the reason why the two days of Rosh Hashanah are considered like one long day is because when the Jewish court would, this, was deciding whether to make El have 29 days or 30 days, um, so they're sitting. They're, they're waiting for witnesses to come and testify. They saw the moon the night, night just the night before, and so how do they have to celebrate that day? Bothering for the witnesses, they're considering that day to be Rosh Hashanah too because they don't know if witnesses will come or not. So therefore, they considered the thirtieth day of El always as Rosh Hashanah just in case the witnesses came. If witnesses didn't come, then they had to convict the next day of Rosh Hashanah. So very often they had two days of Rosh Hashanah even while the Bezin was convening and deciding. What day Rosh Hashanah was going to be? There was, there was very often two days of Rosh Hashanah, and Shulchan uh, Aruch talks about, about about many other interesting things that are unique about the first day of Rosh Hashanah. It, 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 usually, the witnesses after the would would after the Bezin would announce what day is Rosh Hashanah, so witnesses would go out and they would travel and announce what day Rosh Hashanah was, and people would have time to figure out before the Yontif came. Some people were trying to figure out what before Yom came what day is Rosh Hashanah, is Rosh Chodesh, and that way they would figure out what day is Pesach, what day or what day is uh, Sukkot. But here Rosh Hashanah, there's no time to figure out either the witnesses reached you right away or not. And therefore, most people have to keep two days Rosh Hashanah anyways. If they're living just a short distance away from Israel, the witnesses the witnesses wouldn't reach them in time. They tell them what their Rosh Hashanah was. Therefore, they had to keep two days. And besides all that, the Gemara says a story about how the witnesses one time came late, and because the witnesses came late. So the Levim sang the wrong song, and therefore they instituted they're only going to accept witnesses up to a certain point of the day, and afterwards they're just going to make automatically make the first day, uh, day to be. Um, um, uh, if witnesses don't come in time, then they're going to make the next day Shashan. Anyways, so, 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 so because of all these reasons, halachically, the two days of Shashan are considered like one day. What's the difference if like, if like two days or like one day? Allah has many differences. For example, there's, there's a law in Yontiv called uh, uh, Nelot. If the Allah is that whatever is eaten Rosh Hashanah on Yontiv has to be, be prepared the day before. So if a uh, egg is born on the first day of Rosh Hashanah, so the question is, can it be eaten the next day or not? Because it has to be prepared from a day that's not holy. So in regular Yantiv, you know one day is holy, one day is not holy. We, we keep two days because our forefathers didn't know what day was Yantiv, so they kept two days. So therefore, we, but since, since the, even they um, knew that one day was it and one day wasn't, so you can, you can make a condition and say, if today is Yantiv, so then uh, this, this, this egg is forbidden, then tomorrow it's, 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 it's permissible. 
But if it's not Yantiv, then it's also permissible today. And tomorrow, so, so the, the, there are ways that whether, whether Yantiv is two days or one day is significant even, even nowadays. So regarding Rosh Hashanah, the halacha is it's considered like one long day. We don't consider it as if, like if you didn't do an Erev, Tavshil, let's say, you can't do an Erev and Yantiv, but you could say if today is Yantiv, so then uh, I'm not saying anything. If it, and if it's not Yantiv, I'm making an Erev Tavshil today for tomorrow. So, regarding Shoshana, though, you can't do that because both it's all one long day. So that, 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 that's the question, oh, that's the source of, the, of these words, Shoshana is like one long day. So the Friedrich adds to this, and he says, don't just think of Shoshana as one long day halachically. It, it, it's considered like two... Two forty-eight, two twenty-four hour periods, which are making considered like one. These two two twenty-four hour periods are considered like one long forty-eight hour period. Rather, if you ever says it means this entire forty-eight hour period is considered like daytime. It's not only we consider these two twenty-four hours, two sets of twenty-four hours, as if it's part of the same evening and morning. Rather, we consider the entire forty-eight hours of Shoshana as all it's all daytime. Says in the Torah, it was evening, it was morning, one day. A day is comprised of a nighttime and a daytime. is considered one long day, that even the nighttime is also considered daytime. That means that the two nights of Shoshana have light like the day. Because the two nights of Rosh Hashanah are considered spiritually to have light like the day, therefore, during the two nights of Rosh Hashanah, you have to minimize sleep as much as possible and to be involved in singing songs of, to Hashem by saying song, by saying till saying till Rosh Hashanah is the prime is the number one thing you're supposed to do in Rosh Hashanah. But every Dua Shoshana, you're not sure if you're supposed to do it or not, the rule is probably not. The one thing that you're probably supposed to be doing all the time on Rosh Hashanah is saying till the uh, Rebbe Hashab, one year, he was asked by a group of boys needed a bracha to, to uh, escape being drafted into the Russian army. And the Rebbe Hashab told him he should finish the whole till five times. So, uh, yeah. So the Aved of Shoshana is to, is to say till. That's the whole Aved. That's what you're supposed to be doing. So if Yerikah says, why is it to say till when nine of Rosh Hashanah? It's not only because, another Mormon says, because the 48 hours of Rosh Hashanah are the source of energy for the entire year. Therefore, every second has to be done in the highest level of Kedusha because it could be in some Wednesday in February, you need some, some, some Kedusha from Rosh Hashanah. You won't have it unless you say till. You still say day, like the daily Kedusha, yeah. and Rambam, and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That for sure. Right. But here, and same, right? And the whole time, why do Chidus and Rambam and you're going to say you're saying till? <laughs> so uh, that doesn't mean that you're supposed to say Chidus as if you're saying till, not know what you're saying, not not know the meaning. I'm just I'm, I'm just saying is that the, the whole of Rosh Hashanah is that you're davening and, and you're you're connecting yourself to Hashem, and it's in a higher spiritual way. So it's not only because the forty hours of Rosh Hashanah are very potent in regards to the spirituality and the physical blessing for the entire year that you have to say as much to them as possible. Here the Friedrich adds another, another nuance, another caveat, 
The reason we have to say Tilma at night is because the nights aren't night. They're luminous. They're luminous times. If you ever use the expression, those who have luminous eyes can see the night of Rosh Hashanah is different than the regular night. The during the day of Rosh Hashanah and the ten days of Tshuva and Yom Kippur, you have to be like a servant. What are you supposed to do during this time? What what colors the entire ten days? That you are acting like you're a servant of Hashem. Lately, do I have It's known the difference between a minister and a servant. A minister, his whole essence is involved in more sophisticated intellectual things. But a servant, his main job is to serve to serve his master in a simple way with the yoke on his head. Zev, Rabbi Jor shared a story last night, unbelievable story. It's a very deep story. Stories like this. In his Chabad house, in, in, in Dramasala, in India, this lady shows up from the Ukraine. She says her parents are Holocaust survivors. And she wants to learn more. And she comes very, very, from very, very, very fast. And she's coming, she's learning, she learns, and she's, she's soaking it all in. And she's extremely friendly. They were, they were shocked how quickly she became so from. And then one day, she learns chapter one in Tanya, and to get to the part in chapter 1 in Tanya where it says that the souls of non-Jews, they are from Klippe, and therefore whatever they do, it's all for themselves. So she hears this, and she starts to cry. And that just starts to cry. She cries for three hours straight. So they asked her, what's going on? She says, it's not true, I'm not Jewish. Why was she bothered that she wasn't Jewish all of a sudden she read this section of Tanya? Read the section of Tanya, she realized whatever she was doing, she was doing it for herself. She was, she was learning, she was davening, she was doing all these religious things. But it's a harab. So whatever she was doing is all for herself. So they, they told her, we forgive you. Fine, we forgive you. What does it accomplish that they forgive her? The re- the, she was bothered that she's doing all these things and it's not really for Hashem, it's all for her. The center of all religiosity was just selfish, just for herself. She that, trying to convert? No. no. What's wrong if she didn't convert? It's not like if a man converts to Judaism, he's, he's a big step he has to go through, right? He has to, he has to circumcise himself. But Lechera, she's... Halacha doesn't say anything about a woman having any parallel procedure. And uh, she didn't officially convert. What's wrong? She's learning. She's diving. She's acting more from than you and me. So what's, 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 what's wrong? What's missing? What's missing is whatever she's doing is for herself. That's what was missing. She was doing it all in a goyisha way. What's that in a goyisha way? In a way, it's for herself. So since she read this chapter in Tanya, she realized that her whole, all of her efforts of learning and learning, it's all about her. It's all about it's all, it's all self-serving. It's all for her. And so she she left the Chabad house. She went back to her family in the Ukraine, and she was very disheartened being with her family. She wrote a, a, a letter to the Chabad center to Rabbi Dror. I feel terrible over here. My family's today for food. Writes back to her. It's fine. Your family's food is great. Chad, the only, only thing God wants to do is the seven laws of Noah. Keep on doing that. That's exactly what you need to be. She wasn't satisfied. 
And eventually she left her parents. And she went to Israel. And she learned Hebrew. And she went to Mayanot. And she converted to Judaism. And today she is a Lubavitcher woman who has a kindergarten in, in, uh, in Jerusalem. So, I mean, so Rabbi Jorah said, what, what happened over here? When she was asking for forgiveness, what was she really asking? What was really bothering her? She was saying that there's a part of me that wants us to be real. I want us to be forgiven because what, although it's, I'm, I'm doing something which is selfish, behind that, there's something in me that, that really cares about this stuff. Although it looks like I'm only doing this because, because of the show, because of the intellect of it, or the, whatever, whatever self-serving reason she had for doing all this stuff, behind that, there's something in this that, that there's something in her that says, no, this isn't the way it's supposed to be. That's what she's asking for forgiveness. So saying that you're saying you're forgiven doesn't accomplish it. It's not. It's not. It's it, it, that part had to come out. That part that really meant it had to come out. Mr. Shashiva was with his uh, son in a store. His name was Ray Perry. With the son in the store, and the son knocks down the, some light bulbs, and light, one of the light bulbs falls, and he goes to, to the cash register, and he says, "I have to pay for the uh, light bulb." And she sees the cash the lady by the cash register sees his son. So said, "Okay, I see your son is here." Yeah. You, 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 and she figures, "You want to show your son that you have to pay for it." So, see, so she says, "You don't have to pay for it. It's okay." So he says to her, "No, I have to pay for it because." I, I, because I, because I'm responsible for this. This is that's not for my son because I'm responsible for this. That's the difference between the minister and the servant. The minister is serving, is doing what the master wants, what the king wants, and he's but he's involved in it. But it's all about like coming from a place where of his appreciation for it, from his vantage point. It's not about the it's not about the king. It's about his his his. It's about him. The servant is nothing. Servant has nothing to do for the king, no interest in doing things for the king, but there's a king. And the king, and the king, the king has things that he has to, have to get done. He has to do them. That's the deal of a servant. A yid is supposed to be like a servant of Hashem. That's the meaning of Rosh Hashanah being called a day. Even the night time Rosh Hashanah is called a day. It's called one long day. In this week's parasha, it begins with the words, You are standing here today. What day is, is the terror referring to? To Rosh Hashanah. You are standing here today means, You, first of all, refers to Jewish people. As the terror says, You are called man. So you, who are called man, stand before Hashem, and you are meritorious in judgment. You stand before Hashem. You will stand and be victorious in judgment. The idea of standing means you're standing in a way of stature. Like it says in the Torah, Hashem stood upon Yaakov. Hashem stands in the council of judges. Although we're standing, we are even during this time of great judgment, you still stand. You still are, are victorious and meritorious in judgment. That's the meaning of the Pasuk that the Mimer is based on. Today the world trembles. Which is called today. The word today refers to Rosh Hashanah in general. As we just explained, Rosh Hashanah is a day which even the nighttime is called day. 
So that day, the day, the, the one and only day, that day is Harasalam. What's Harasalam mean? There's one, there's two explanations of the word Haras. One meaning of Haras is Loshna Hiroid, means pregnancy and birth. Loshna Resapacha, today the world was born, and also means today the world trembles and, and the, the world shakes. So, what is this Pasuk saying? This, this uh, section of Davening saying, Today is the day the world was born. Because every single year on Shashanah, a new vitality, a new life force comes down to, for the entire year. That's why the appropriate title, that's what we call that day, Rosh Hashanah, the head of the year. Why the head of the year? Just like a head incorporates within it the life force of all the limbs of the body, and in the head, it's all in a more of a general setting. It's not there's no details there yet. It's not in the head. There's there is more of a gen, a a, a uh, yuli, more of a generic life force, and from the head, it then gets transferred to each limb according to the needs of that limb. There is a generic life force for all the worlds and all the creatures that's brought down to the world. And this life force comes down through judgment. On this day, all creatures of the world stand in judgment. Shall they be renewed? And how shall they be renewed? Should they exist, and how should they exist? So that's the meaning of Hagim Harasaylam. Today, the world is born. Today, the world not just born today. It's not just Hashem is renewing the world for, for, for today. Today is the day that everything is going to happen in the world. It's all renewed today. Today is the source of energy for the whole year. Today is the day of renewal for all of creation. This is not just the day the world was born. Just like when a person is born, it, 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 that's the source of him living because he was born that day. Rosh Hashanah's day of birth. For all the energy for the entire year. So it's, it's a day in the world is born. And from that day, all the highest in the world, all the life force in the world, is, uh, emanates from. That's the first meaning of Hayyam Arasim. Any questions before we go on? Second meaning of Hayyam Arasim. Today is the day the world is developed. Today the world is sitting. Today the world is trembling. It says on that day, the angels came to stand against God. And the Sardin came with them too. Maybe the word Alavai is not, it's not translated as against God. They, stand, they came to stand uh, to, uh, not against God. They came to stand, uh, present themselves before Hashem to tell Hashem what, the, what, what, what they wanted to happen. What day was this? This is a pasuk in Eiv. In Eiv, it says the angels come and Satan comes before Hashem, and they have something to say. What day did they come before Hashem to tell Hashem what should happen to Eiv? They came to Hashem in the day of Rosh Hashanah. So it was just for him that the angels came before Hashem. Rosh Hashanah is a time of judgment. Then on the day of judgment, there are two kinds of malachim that appear before Hashem. There are malachim, which are litzayesher. They're the ones who say how wonderful we are. And then there are malachim, which demand justice. 
every word and every action that a person does, whether it's a good word or a good action, or it's a bad word or a bad, a bad action, an angel is created. Good angels are created from good words and good actions, and bad angels are created from bad words and bad actions. And there are different levels within these two different generic kinds of angels. Besides good and bad angels, there are other more descriptive words about these angels. There are specific things you're doing. You're learning Torah, you're doing mitzvahs, doing something of out of good character, creating different kinds of good angels. And there are bad angels created from the specific things you do, which wasn't good. And there are some good angels which are created because of something that someone else is doing, but it's because of you. He was telling the, the other Jewish people they should come to him at 6 in the morning. So he was Mizaka the Rabbim. He caused a multitude of Jews to come and learn Chsidis. And they're learning. Or it's possible that Yonatan Hamburger inspired Jews to uh, give Tzedakah. So that's, that, that's his merit. So it's not just that he did it himself. He has a merit of all those he inspired. And there's also a portion in the angels. You also have a portion in the angels that are created through their good words and their good actions. They're creating good words and good actions, and you have a, you have a section in them. You, you have some real estate in those angels. The opposite is true for those who cause the, the community to sin. In addition to the bad angels that they create themselves by being the source of the mistake of others, they also have a sort. They also have a portion in the bad angels that were created with the other people's bad words and bad deeds. And all of those angels are demanding justice. That's the meaning of the of the words. This is the meaning of the words. Today the world trembles. They have trembling and fear, and great fear. Because in this day, God judges, next page, all creatures of the world. Actually, it says worlds. Why does it say worlds? Why does it say worlds in the plural? It's similar to what it says in another Pasuk, your sovereignty is a sovereignty of all the worlds. Your sovereignty means the sphere of Malchus. There is the way Malchus is in Malchus of Ein Safa for the Tzimtzum. And there is the way Malchus is in the, in the world of Asiya, the spiritual world of Asiya, which is the source of this world. So this Pasuk is saying, your sovereignty is in all the worlds, the lowest to the highest. Beginning from the worlds of the Ein Saf before Atzilus till this world. So, what does the Pasuk mean to say all creatures of the world stand in judgment? Hashem judges all creatures of all the worlds. What is He judging? He's judging He is judging the most lofty lights. From the four the tzimtzum, the 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 pertzufim, 
He's judging them and he's judging the lowliest creatures of this world. That's a pshat. Hashem judges the entire world, all the creatures of all the worlds, meaning from the highest world to the lowest. Go stop here.